0: truth. Everybody both here and everybody at home said, Amen. So on Christmas Day, Disney released a movie called Soul. Now normally I would ask, but in here I'll ask, I mean, who all have seen Soul already? yep have some people over here, yeah, okay. And out there, raise your hands up if you saw Soul, okay, I saw all of you, that's good. Well, you know, it came out on Christmas Day. And you know that a lot of us, we couldn't watch it because, like in our house, like many of us, we didn't have internet because of the AT&T bombing. Remember that? just happened, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. But the next day we were able to watch it. And it is a multi-layered, multi-level movie for sure. You could probably go back and watch it twice or three times and not get everything out of it that it's trying to say. So spoiler alert, I'm going to talk a little bit about Soul. I won't reveal anything big because the front end of it is not the movie, it's the back end of it. So spoiler, the spoiler alert is in Pixar Soul that Joel Gard, Joe Gardner is a middle school music teacher from New York City who dreams of a career in jazz. And a former student tells him about an opening in the band of jazz legend Dorothea Williams and he auditions for it. And impressed with Joe and his piano playing, Dorothea offers him a chance to perform later that night. But as Joe happily heads off to prepare for the show, he falls down a manhole. Yep, that's how he goes. Falls down a manhole. You never know when it's going to happen. Joe then finds himself as a soul heading into the great beyond. Anybody notice those are piano keys, basically, he's walking out? But unwilling to die before his big break, he tries to escape but ends up in the great before where soul counselors prepare unborn souls for life. And each soul has a badge which once filled with traits grants passage to earth. And souls are assigned assigned mentors to help them find the spark they need in order to be born. Mistaken for a mentor, Joe is assigned to train 22. A cynical soul who has remained in the great beyond for millennia and sees no point in living on earth. But she agrees to find her spark, to complete her badge, and agrees to give it to Joe so he can return home. Now there are many twists and turns, but I want us to focus on one particular scene where Soul 22 is resisting coming to earth. We learn that she is scared to come because feelings of inadequacy and worthlessness have immobilized her. What if she doesn't deserve to live? What if she cannot justify her existence? What if she's ordinary? Here's a second spoiler alert, folks. If you haven't figured it out yet, we all have our hidden fears. We all have our habits and hurts and hang-ups. We're all broken. We are all imperfect. Each one of us has and will disappoint and hurt ourselves and others. We are all in need of redemption. Amen? What a week we have had that needs redemption. Of all the pictures that I've seen and that you've seen and all the craziness that's happened out there, I thought this picture summed it up the best. A world fighting over control. We've seen our brokenness played out on a national level like we've never seen before. We are divided like we have never been before I wept when I watched the video of like in the house with all the officers at the door with their guns ready to shoot the person that comes in. People scared for their lives in the balcony and one representative is praying at the top of her lungs, Lord Jesus protect us. There are large swaths of people who are angry. There are large swaths of people who are hurt. There are large swaths of people who feel overlooked and ignored. And there are large swaths of people who are overlooked and ignored. South African preacher Peter Story used to say, if you don't believe in original sin, go out to the playground. This morning I would say to you, if you don't believe in original sin, watch Breaking News. If it's still not clear to you, watch news on your computer where you can read all the comments. It won't take you long to see the brokenness of all of us doing that. I actually did that as I watched the House and the Senate meeting like it was a big Hollywood blockbuster. I don't think C-SPAN had that kind of ratings in years. And I don't think I've ever watched that much Congress in my life. And it reminded me very much of general conference decision making. And I don't know if that was a good thing. And confronted with all this brokenness, many of us feel voiceless or helpless. We see so much and we don't know what to do. And truly when we look in the mirror and when we watch the news, it's not always that hard to identify with Soul 22. Instead of faith grounding us, emotions overwhelm us. There were quite a few bad actors in the Capitol that day and they may have come from this group or that group. But there were plenty of other folks who got caught up in the moment and their emotions took over. And there were others who stood back and just watched and didn't know what to do. Just like any group. But when we think about this whole thing, thanks be to God that there is a bigger story that God invites us to. That the one that we see in the mirror and on our screens, instead of looking at ourselves and our brokenness, we can look to God. We can be reminded that we are children of God who are called to witness to God's redeeming and transforming activity. Instead of focusing on our shortcomings, our fears, and our inadequacies, we can focus on who God is, what God has done, and what God can do. Amen? That it's our call as Christians. Jesus is calling us, saying to us, Follow Me. Say that with me. Follow Me. And all of that starts with our belief in Jesus and the bold claim of Christianity. The good news that changed the world is that God claims us and restores us and works through us. We don't have to accept the way that things are. We don't have to be defined by false feelings of superiority or inferiority. We don't have to be defined by our sins or our shortcomings. We don't have to give in to fear or apathy. We can claim our identity as children of God and live as agents for God who work with God offering healing and hope to enact justice and mercy, to live purposefully and hopefully. And over the next several weeks, you're going to hear biblical stories of call from the stories of Samuel and Jonah and a prophet in Genesis and shared together with the stories of call for myself today, Pastor Rick and Louise, and someone living into the next steps of their call right now. And we hope hearing those calls once again will help inspire all of us to consider what our call might be. And so as a return of the George and Gracie Act, Susan wanted to ask these questions to me. And so we're going to, what am I doing? This is my family. We're, we're, going, we're going to uh, pull these stools over here. You're fine. Get the pick. Oh, get the pick, sorry. And don't waste send your pick. That probably won't Very be.
1: <laughs> can, can Mark see us? Oh, I got to turn this on. Yes. Oh, okay. do have it on. Yeah, I can hear
2: you. Thank you.
1: So, my first question for you. How do you understand baptism as part of the call?
0: Well, for me, I mean, baptism is very different than a lot of people because I was baptized when I was 21. So I don't have any experience of anything in church or any experience of growing up in Sunday school or being in a community of faith or all of that. My first opportunity to even think about the Christian faith was reading the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis when I was a kid. And I had no idea that they related to being a Christian. I just knew the stories of Aslan and being on the stone table and, and being killed for being good, basically, and taking on the punishment of everybody else around him and all of that just kind of hurt my heart so bad that I wanted justice and I wanted it not to be that way. And then I learned later on all that peace. But being at the Wesley Foundation at 21 and those couple of years when I first got to that place of it, of seeing that community of faith and experiencing it through plays and going out on tour with music and singing every week to different churches and telling testimony that that finally led me to that place of of understanding that that was a part of making a decision for Christ for me. Of finally accepting that that I was claimed. That God had claimed me. That nothing I had done in my life, including trying to kill myself when I was 16 and, and everything else that, that had driven me down and my mom getting sick when I was 13 and being in a wheelchair from then on and all those other pieces that just left me alone and and uh, during those times of my teenage years that that someone else claimed me, that someone else wanted me, and that that I was cleansed from those things. I had a new start, and that was a part, a big part of it. And then to have that moment when you're in front of your friends uh, on a Sunday night worship service at Wesley, and you're being baptized by your campus minister, and 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 having that experience, and them surround you and love on you, and everybody hugs you and. And uh, like, it didn't really feel any different, but it did feel different.
1: And my second question is, is how do you see your identity in Christ as being part of a call?
0: Well, from that moment on, uh, there was a lot of searching. You know, what does God want me to do now that I've, I've done this and I'm in this place and I'm experiencing this uh, movement in my spirit and to figure out what the next direction for me is. I see most of my folks were all going to seminary, so I resisted that because of my little group of people, everybody's like, well, "I'm going to seminary." I'm like, I'm not going to seminary. I'm not doing that. Let me tell you that. And it was a, there was a whole summer basically of like, just like when Jesus got after his baptism was sent to the wilderness, where I spent a whole summer in the wilderness, pushing everybody out of my life, trying to figure everything out, just in just this horrible place of for me at that time of trying to figure out what's next and the identity for me is that when Jesus called us is to is to live for him both professionally and personally is to do my best to live into what he has taught me to do and what he came to do and what he died for me to be able to do and resurrected and, and to be about that so how do I how do I make the earth a better place how do I help people to find a greater depth of God than they had before? How do I use the gifts that, that I have to be able to to be spirit led to, to engage people in a place where they're not able to go by themselves sometimes? I mean, you know, I stuttered my entire life. I never talked in class. I never did any of these things. I never spoke in public until I was in college. And the first time I ever spoke in public was giving my testimony when we went on The trips to the church is where we went. Before that, I was scared to death because every time that I talked, people made fun of me. And that still is my fear always. That my lackings, the things that I'm not good at, overpower the things that I am. And it's a real struggle all the time. But then there's those moments when God speaks and when God actually comes down out of the heavens and, and says this is my son with whom I am well pleased in a way that lets me know that when I do my best when I don't do my best or when I try at least that God is present with me and allows me to do things that I could never do on my own and that when those things happen it's not me, it's God.
1: We're just a vessel.
0: That's right. We're just a vessel. Okay, the show's over now.
1: No, it's not. We'll continue it sometime else.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: Maybe it's over for this moment because you've got to go to other things.
0: I do, thank you. Bye.
1: Remember you are loved and you are a child of God. Thank you, Susan. You're welcome. We all need to know that.
0: So in Mark's Gospel, we read about the next steps of Jesus' call and the mission as he grew up. Remember, Mark's gospel is a fast gallop through the story of Jesus. We're often left panting on the roadside, wondering what is going on. Even this story, the baptism of Jesus, seems more concerned with meeting a flight schedule than somehow telling the tale. I mean, notice here that there is nothing here about John's preaching that we get from Matthew and Luke. There is nothing about the conversation between Jesus and John that appears in the Gospel of John and just in and out, just get it done. And there is actually no description of the baptism at all in Mark. Did you notice that? He came to be baptized. Then as he was coming up out of the water, he saw what he saw. That's it. It's like we skipped over the event itself and given how much we argue about the methodology of baptism, sprinkling, pouring, immersion, you would think there would be some detail here. But it's almost as if the real importance is what happens afterward. Verse 9, At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth and Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, He saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on Him like a dove. See, we read the heavens were torn apart when the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus. Only in Mark. And when something is torn apart or rent open, it cannot be easily put back together. God has broken into the world in a decisive manner and is present in this world, not removed in the heavens. And we lose sight of God's presence. And we weaken our ability to live as children of God. In verse 11, and a voice came from heaven You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Today we remember that call and being claimed in our baptism. Do you remember your baptism? Some do. Those who are baptized as youth or adults like myself. Many don't because it happened before their rememberers kicked in. Yet even those who remember our baptism, it's only because sometimes someone told us about it much later. I can tell you even my baptism has become just a memory with little attachment to emotions. It's hard to remember how it even happened anymore. But we can still remember what happened afterwards. Because now is afterward. The life we live as baptized followers of Jesus is the afterward. The new creation that we choose to make of ourselves every single day of our life is the afterward. How did it transform and mold your life in a new way? How is it still doing it? When Martin Luther was suffering under the weight of guilt, his spiritual director would remind him, Martin, quit looking at your sin and start looking at Jesus. Whether we are weighed down by personal guilt or overwhelmed like me by the state of the world that we find ourselves in, then we have to quit looking at what's broken and start looking at Jesus. Amen? This is not naive advice that ignores the realities of this world. This is profound advice that reminds us that we look to Jesus so that we will not allow the realities of this world to eclipse the power of God to transform us and to transform this world. We have to believe this world can still be transformed. And on Facebook, that's a very naive opinion to have. Well, what might happen on the, this Baptism of the Lord Sunday if we acknowledge that we're all in need of repentance, of grace, of healing, forgiveness, and strength? And if we believe the good news that we are promised grace and healing and forgiveness and strength in our baptism? I was watching a, a movie on Sunday on the Grit, uh, Saturday on the Grit Channel. It's called The Big Trees. Kirk Douglas, and, and, it, and the one, this one line, I wrote it down when I was watching it as I was writing my sermon. You better watch out when you are getting in a rut because when a rut gets deep enough, it becomes a grave. That's a pretty powerful statement in the middle of this little, quirky little movie about redwoods in California. We need reminders that we are Remade. A new creation, a fresh start. We need reminders of our baptism. We forget what a transformative moment baptism is. We forget that everything old is torn away, like the heavens were rent apart, as Mark says. We forget that our orientation is from that moment. Our new life is claimed in that moment. We forget that what we are looking for and longing for is already ours in that moment. We lose our grip. We forget it even happened. And we're still running. We're still looking for the things that we already have. Remember your baptism. It isn't just an empty ritual for Sunday mornings. It's a way of living that keeps our eyes open for the descending doves of the Spirit. I wish we had a dove somewhere in the sanctuary that would remind us of the fact of the descending down on us. Who said said that the other day? Who said that? We were joking about that. In case you don't remember, because you haven't seen it in forever. But if you look up in the sanctuary, there is a dove. And it's always descending. And sometimes it's even lit up. We have to remember. And there are three promises of our baptism we can remember today. Claimed, forgiven, empowered. That's some of your fill in the blanks. The first one is we are claimed. When we are feeling unworthy, inadequate, apathetic, let's remember our baptisms. Remember, we are a child of God, claimed by God, united in the God's story. Like I talked about earlier, I felt claimed. I felt like somebody wanted me. I felt like there was something out there for me beyond just what the world had taught me and told me was true. It's a choice that we can claim to embrace the possibilities in front of us. Instead, of the doubts within us. It's an opportunity to know that we are loved and claimed and whatever darkness is hiding away in our past of our hearts need not define us anymore. It's our calling to refuse to accept things as they are and make it possible for everyone to live the life that God has created for them. Second, we are forgiven. We do not have to be defined by the worst thing we have ever done so many of us and the people around us carry burden of guilt. We can be forgiven. We may have had have to do hard work of restoration and reconciliation ahead in human relationships, but the promise of baptism is that we are washed clean. When we confess and repent, God removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. There is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Amen? And whether we hear it or not, the word that is spoken over us is a word of affirmation. God sees the light placed within us and pronounces it good, and the voice proclaims, You are my beloved, with you I am well pleased. Not done, not complete, not perfect, but good. Good in God's eyes. A new start, a new year. And I think we just need to keep starting a new year because this one is just not going so well and we see this keep starting it off every day. I've had my free trial, seven-day trial of 2021 and I do not like it and I don't want my credit card charged and I want to send it back. But each day we've got to start new. And one way we can do that is with this. This is an idea from Church of the Resurrection and they give these out to everybody and several places are doing this as well. But it is a tag that you can put in the shower or put on your mirror, put on your sink. You can put it anywhere. But it basically says, Lord, as I enter the waters to bathe, I remember my baptism. Wash me by your grace. Fill me with your spirit and renew my soul. I pray that I might live as your child today and honor you in all that I do. Now, who doesn't need to hear that every day before they ever walk out? If it's a little too weird for you to be in the shower, don't put it in the shower. Tape it to your mirror. Take the little thing off of it. Do you something with it? What a great reminder for us. And the last thing is we are empowered. Say empowered with it. Make sure you're still awake. Okay, good. The Holy Spirit empowers us, equips us, and gives us healing and strength. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Romans 8, 26. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. The tearing continues. The remaking continues. Our lives are constantly being taken apart and put back together. And whether we see it descending upon us like a dove or not, the Spirit is a constant companion through our lives It is what inspires us to love and to serve and to learn and to grow. It is what equips us to be a part of the body of Christ in unique and powerful ways. It is what tears us open to the new ways of living that we don't want to be torn open to. And the new ways of being. Because baptism tells us that God has shaped us and is shaping us. So what does it mean to live as those who are claimed? Forgiven and empowered. It means we live for God and not for ourselves. It means we move beyond apathy or fear. It means we claim our identity as children of God and live as those who have been claimed by God. Folks, the world needs us now more than ever. It needs us to be the salt and light when it's so dark. It needs us to be peacemakers now more than ever before. Not just acts of hostility. That's not peacemaking. Peacemaking has real work, not avoiding things, but actually taking them on. It's reconciliation so we don't tear the gates apart of each other. So that we aren't trying to fight for the capital steps that we aren't all over Facebook terrorizing each other and making our comments known to each other and hurting each other and breaking each other. It is true reconciliation. And as the invitation this morning, I offer you a series of questions for reflection that I'll also send out this week. But of what do I need to repent? And how have I contributed to seeing or treating others as less than a child of God? When has my silence been harmful because I haven't said anything? And when have I placed greater value on harmony than living as a disciple of being a peacemaker, bringing people together? If we're dismayed by what God reveals to us, let us remember C.S. Lewis's observation that when we notice the dirt, that God is most present to us. It's the very sign of God's presence. To so notice the dirt, the brokenness. If we got our lives all put together, what do we need God for in the first place? The fact is we don't have our lives put all together. So let us also remember we repent not so that we will wallow in guilt, but so that we will be washed clean, free to live as children of God away from the mud and the mud slinging. Because we like to sling some good mud against those that we don't agree with. And so, after we allow God to show us where we need to repent, then, because that's the first part where am I at? I'm part of the problem. What can I do to be different? Then we ask ourselves these questions How can I help build a better world? How does what I say and do reflect my identity as a child of God? How will what we say and do reflect our identity as children of God? How will it point to others to God? And what do we want God to accomplish through us? What do we believe God can and will accomplish through us this year? That's our call. How are we going to live that call out after we've heard it? May we live as those who truly believe the same power that raised Jesus from the dead will not only one day raise us from the dead, but it will also empower us to live as children of God every day until we draw our last breath. If we open ourselves up to God's presence and God's power. May it be so in all of our lives. So be it. Amen. So I want you to hear this invitation from Psalm 29 for this week. Each week there is a psalm that is a part of the lectionary, and so we're looking at a different psalm every week during the course of that. Hear this Psalm 29. I ascribe. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of His name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The glory of God thunders. The Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to swirl and strips the forest bare. And His temple all say glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as King forever. May the Lord give strength to His people. May the Lord bless His people with peace. I invite you to gather together your water and your elements or whatever, however you're getting that there to reaffirm our baptism covenant together in these moments. Rick? Rick will be down below and I will be up top and I will do my best to reach things and he'll do his best to reach things too. <clears throat> Sisters and brothers in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, God's Spirit has been poured out upon water. Water poured over in immersing us. Water that flows freely for all who receive it. Water from the streams of God's saving power and justice. Water that brings hope to all who thirst for righteousness. Water that refreshes life, nurtures growth, and offers new birth. Today we come to the waters from wherever we are to renew our commitments to each other in presence to Christ who has raised us, the Spirit who has birthed us, and the Creator who is making all
2: things new. And so I ask you, will you turn away from the powers of sin and death?
0: We renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject Reject the the evil powers of this world, world, and repent of our sins. sins.
2: Will you let the Spirit use you as prophets to the powers to that be?
0: We accept the freedom and power God gives us to resist evil, injustice, and oppression.
2: Will you proclaim the good news and live as disciples of Jesus Christ, His body on earth?
0: We confess Jesus Christ as our our Savior. Savior. Put our whole whole trust trust in in His His grace and promise to serve Him Him as our Lord in union with the church which which Christ Christ has opened to people people of all ages, nations, and races.
2: Will you be living witnesses to the gospel individually and together wherever you are and in all that you do? We will
0: remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world.
2: Will you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the Scriptures of Old and New Testaments? We affirm that teach the faith of the whole church as we put trust in God the Father Almighty, in Jesus Christ, His only Son, and in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever.
0: Let us pray. The Spirit of the Lord is with us.
2: Even so, come, <laughs> Lord Jesus.
0: Almighty God, the life You birthed in us by baptism, the Jesus, Jesus Christ will never die. Your justice never fails. Your mercy is everlasting.
2: Your healing water flows. Your Spirit blows where You will. We cannot stop You, God. But sometimes we try. We try to block the flow. We redirect the winds of the Spirit. Or we walk so far away from the life-giving stream that we do not hear its sound. And we forget its power. We parch ourselves.
0: We are dry and thirsty, O God. Come, refresh us. And so at home, I want you, and here in the sanctuary, I want you to lift your hands up in some way. To invite the Holy Spirit to come in as we're saying these next pieces. To beckon, to welcome, to whatever you want to do. However it is you want to raise your hands and use your hands this morning. And then join with me as we continue. Come upon us, Holy
2: Spirit. Come upon us, Holy Spirit. Come upon these waters. Come upon these waters. Let these waters be to us drops of your mercy. Let these waters be to us righteousness and justice.
0: Let these waters renew in us the resurrection power of Jesus.
2: Let these waters make us long for your coming reign.
0: Most holy God, Abba, Father.
2: Glory to you.
0: Jesus Christ, Savior, Lord.
2: Glory to you.
0: Spirit of fire, spirit over the waters, spirit of holiness.
2: Glory to you.
0: Eternal God, one in three and three in one.
2: All glory is yours now and forever. Amen.
0: Amen. So what I want you to do is to to have that water at home. You'll notice up here this water the little green in it, is the water from the Jordan that Barbara Jones brought to me and like to grow some things back from the Jordan, I guess. So but I always have that to remember that. Your bowl of water is sanctified by God this morning. We've prayed over it, we prepared it. And we're just going to invite you to be able to make the sign of the cross on your forehead this morning by dipping your finger in like we would normally do here and putting the sign of the cross on your forehead. You'll also notice that on the altar, and Mark, if you want to zoom in a little bit just to capture some of this, there are different colored stones like normally we would have for this Sunday that you would receive and take home with you. Well, there are exactly 130 stones on this table this morning representing your family. Each one of your families is on this table this morning. Remember that we're all together and connected. And as I was thinking just a little bit earlier, I will take these stones and I will place them out here with the shower tags so you can take a stone with you for your family and remember your baptism. Remember our connection in Christ this morning. So I simply invite you to Remember your baptism. And as you remember remembering your baptism, remember that you are baptized and rejoice. We'll do that for here in the sanctuary for the people in here differently. Just remember that. We'd love to be gathered right now, but we can't. Remember your baptism and be thankful this morning. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, as we think about your Son's baptism, we recall the vows made on our behalf, whether we ourselves made time of our baptism. We confess that contrary to those promises, we have not always resisted evil, injustice, and oppression, nor have we put our whole trust in your grace. Forgive us, we pray. Strengthen our resolve to serve you as our Lord all our days. Everybody both here and at home said, Amen. So let us come and sit by the river and hear the words of our Lord this morning. team remember your baptism and be thankful.. Thank you for leading us. sign a cross or anything as they remember their baptism and we've all remembered our baptisms. hear these words of encouragement. Go now and live in the spirit of your baptism, even when you are led into wild and hard places. With repentance and trust, give yourselves to God. With fasting and prayer, strengthen yourselves against the ways of the tempter. And may God enfold you in tender and lasting love. May Christ be beside you in times of struggle. And may the Spirit guide you back to the path wherever you stray, that you may keep the covenant. We go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ, and everybody both here and at home said, Amen.